Good evening, fellow listeners. Welcome to Positively Entertaining Conversations, the place to go for things you don't know, but maybe you should. Our discussions are real. The laughter is for healing. Join us on a life journey, complete with thrills and chills and occasionally spills. Now let's get ready for the show. The soda is cold. The popcorn is hot. Relax and learn from our podcast host. He is the Mr. Who's a sister, the bearded charmer himself, the one and the only Guru Brando. And his co-host, he is a brother from another mother. He is the crafty tears. But you can call me Regular Joe. Welcome to the show. Hey, Buzz, did you hear the news? No, I didn't, buddy. What's going on? See that big rocket right there? Yeah, Buzz, I was kind of wondering what the hell's going on. Well, that's what I heard is Regular Joe is going to build another rocket. He's going to stick her ass in the rocket. Why would regular Joe stick her ass in the rocket and launch it? Well, Woody, Buzz, we're farts in space and beyond. Man, that don't sound like a good idea. This might not be interesting. I think I didn't have enough coffee yet because I'm sitting there playing with toys and being fucking hilarious. Ha-ha! Let's see what we can do. Crazy-ass shit, man. I think I smoked too much... Ah, smoked. Smoked. Uh, Smoked. What the hell? Sniffed! Too much paint fumes this morning. Have a good one, brother. Love you. I don't know where Guru is. He told me to do this announcement. He is probably playing with his bats in his bat cave. Who in the hell knows, really? Anyway, we're going to try and do this. On May 6th will be the first announcement of our first drawing of one of the four. Then on May 12th at 5 o'clock, we are going to go live to reveal the winner on the Positively Entertaining Facebook page. Either I or Guru Brando, if he gets out of his bat cave, We'll PM you, and we will get your first gift card out to you. So sit back, enjoy the show. If you haven't seen them, get on YouTube, check them out for some positively entertaining fun with your co-host, Regular Joe, and the host, Guru Brando. Hey, folks. This is Guru Brando here, and I have recorded an episode right after April Fool's Day with my wonderful members D and T. You'll get to meet them. It is a mother, D, and a son, T, and they had trouble communicating. Uh, T is a transgender teen who has been socially transitioning now for a couple of years. He is moving into the next phase of medical transitioning as he turns 18. Now, he has a lot of obstacles, a lot of challenges, but he is really 
doing well. So you'll get to hear them talk about their experience with coaching and their experience watching the podcast as Dee describes her feelings about Joe's April Fool's Day prank with me in season two. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it and you'll understand. Now, let's get on with the show. D and T learn to communicate and it goes pretty well. So, watch now. Hello, welcome to Positively Entertaining Conversations with Guru Brando and sometimes curious guest Tobias. Deirdre. And we're going to talk about a lot of crap. We don't really know what. We have kind of a few ideas. So the first thing is, Deidre, you watched the last podcast. Yes. I hope everyone watched it, but some of y'all may not have watched till the end. Can you tell the listeners what happened at the end? Oh, golly. Well. Where were you with it? At the end, I was very concerned for Joe and for Brandon. <laughs> to the point you did what? Um, I called you as I pulled up to work to confirm that it was not if fate, you know, not real or yeah, what. But it was I was very concerned. <laughs> How have you checked in lately with people that you've had assumptions? Because you, I'm your coach. Mm-hmm. I'm your life coach. And so one of the things that I've made you start doing is practicing more being assertive. And, oh yeah, and boundaries and stuff. Yeah, I was literally right? talking. To, sorry, I didn't mean to <laughs> you. talk about assertive. <laughs> yeah, my that's aggressive, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's been going on? What What were you saying? Um. Well, you're being more assertive. Now. Yeah, definitely being more assertive. I'm not sure if I want to talk about like this one certain situation on here, but like okay. so. Something was happening with someone, and I felt as if they were trying to guilt trip me, and I was just like, hey, I would appreciate it if um, you would calm down and not guilt trip me. So you put that boundary up right there, and you were giving your assumption that you had. You were saying, look, this is how I'm feeling, so what's up with this? Yeah. Right? How did they respond to that? Um, they were, they were like, oh, yeah, I apologize, and I never meant to make you feel that way. And I was like, oh, it's fine. And they've been my friend for a really long time, so. So it's fantastic when you can actually connect with someone on that level, right? Yeah. That awareness is there. Deidre, what's your experience most recently? Um, let me think, let me think. Because you're also a client. Yes, I'm also a client, and I also have lots of clients of my own. Yeah. Right, so I come into this a lot, being, (laughs) a you know, a business owner. Um... Don't vape. Tobias, don't vape. I won't. Ever. Yes. Nothing's coming up for me, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm empty today, so. Well, all right, that's okay. (laughs) So whenever you put your boundaries, I know a really good boundary that you've had, but that's okay. You can, whenever it comes across, it'll come across. But when you put those boundaries up and you have that awareness and that connection with someone, it changes your communication style altogether, right? You then become deeper friends Mm -hmm. and you become deeper friends because trust is established. It took us a few sessions before there was enough trust established for you to really open up, don't you think? Mm -hmm. And so the first few sessions, you probably don't really remember what we talked about or any of it, right? How about you? Do you remember the first few? Mm, Vaguely, some of it. Yeah. yeah, you were pretty aware. Now, the reason you two came was because we have a mutual friend, mm-hmm. Miss Lisa. Mm-hmm. 
So Miss Lisa connected us because Toby is transgender, right? Mm -hmm. And Lisa was concerned that you may have questions that you didn't know where to get answers to. Mm -hmm. So she's like, hey, go see my friend. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Do you regret coming to see me? Absolutely not. What about you? I don't regret it at all. That's success. Mm -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. what was the one thing that you came in feeling like you needed to learn from a life coach? Um, how to communicate with my teenager. (laughs) So it is about communication. You know, that's like the biggest thing that a life coach teaches you is how to communicate first with yourself. Mm -hmm. And then when you learn to communicate with yourself, you can communicate with anybody. Right. Are you finding that to be true? Because you're now asking yourself questions that you're asking other people. Instead of just making an assumption and running with it, you say, why am I assuming this? Yeah. So now you're asking other people the same thing. Why are you assuming this about me, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the freedom of communication. Mm-hmm. What? How were you communicating before? Um, I would usually not communicate at all, and I would shut down, and then I would start getting really resentful and angry for, like, not really any reason. Do you ever look at the, the pages that I give you, like, after, you know, coaching? Do you look at those pages and go, mm, I can see that? It's okay if you don't. No, I can definitely, yes. And I know that you do. You look at the pages, you're like, oh, and there's one that's unhelpful thinking styles. Mm -hmm. Have y'all found that handy? Mm -hmm. I know that you have. Mm -hmm. Because on there, it talks about this stupid game that we play with ourselves, which is the what if game. Mm -hmm. That old scenario, what if this person doesn't like me? What if this person says this? Or what if this person does that? That's what builds our anxiety. You had quite a bit of anxiety when you came in. I mean, and I still kind of do. Like, yesterday, I was worried that maybe I might have done something wrong to my friend Robin. They're very epic. and um, Yeah, you can give shout-out. Yeah, totally. Robin is a very, very epic person. I'm like their dad. That's what they call me. <laughs> and their flags just came in. I bought them a couple of flags. That's really cool. And they cool. Hang them, hung them up. Yeah, very bad grammar, but um, I was, <laughs> You're a teenager, we forget Yeah, you. I was very, like, I was worried that maybe I, like, um, did something to them to make them, like, not like me And I was like, um, do you hate me? And they're like, no! Why would I? <laughs> but it's good that you asked And sometimes, though, and I know you've experienced it, too Sometimes people ask us that Like, do you hate me? Are you mad at me? Blah, blah, blah What if you actually are? Do you admit it? Do you tell the person, uh, I don't hate you, but I hate what you did, and I really don't want to talk to you right now? Mm. Do you do that? Have you ever? And I know you, so if you lie, I'm totally diamond you out. I don't know if I've said that to anybody. I don't think I have. No, because you're very passive. Yeah. So, Tobias, since mom here is passive, do you think that you got her passivity? Do you think that you sometimes just placate people, just say, you know what? Yeah, sure. Not as much as I used to. But you did used to, and you recognize it, right? Definitely. Mm-hmm. I let people walk all over me. Mm-hmm. And now, and that's it, cringy. It, it was very cringy of me. That's what I was going to say. That's that thing that I was looking for earlier, is letting people dictate how and who you are. Mm-hmm. When did you come out to your folks and say, I want to transition? Um, I came out to my dad a couple of years ago, and then I came out to you a couple of years ago. So it, so it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. So you've been transitioning now. When did you start transitioning? Do you know the date? Your anniversary? Well, um, it was about 
two or three Januarys ago. <laughs> two or three Januarys ago. Uh, yeah. Well, okay, so the main reason why it's not a big deal to you is because it just sort of was a natural thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and some people don't get that. Some people think that, you know, we have these giant coming out parties and stuff. And it used to be like that because it was so different, you know, when it was something to be celebrated. And now it's kind of like, eh, we're has-beens, whatever, okay. So I want to transition. You initially didn't understand and that's why you came to me is you were like, I need to be able to communicate with my child with love mm-hmm. and acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. And you didn't know how to do that because our generation wasn't, you know, fed that, you know, nobody knew how to do anything. It wasn't talked about back then. And there was something else going on too that made it difficult for you to, to actually talk to him about it. And what was that? Sorry, I don't know what you mean by that. Your their relationship, so your parents' relationship wasn't the best in the moment. Yeah, and so it made it difficult for you to actually feel like you could talk to him. Yeah, definitely. But once you were able to, did that feel better for you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It didn't create more stress and drama. Not necessarily. Okay, so that's good. When did you decide? Okay, I think that I need a team of people to help me. Was it parents' decision, or was it your decision? Mostly, my ringing. Mostly my decision. <laughs> so mostly your decision, and you said, Dad, I think that I need some support in this area. I'm totally paraphrasing, because I know you didn't say that. Yeah. But you said, I need some support in this area. How did you find your specialist team? What did y'all do? Um, I think Dad might have researched on it. Okay, so Dad looked into it for you and kind of took the ball and said, okay, this is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And you felt comfortable with all those steps. Yeah. Where are you in the process right now? Um, They're writing a letter of recommendation for me to start testosterone. And are you looking forward to that? Yes. What is the first thing that you can't wait to happen? Because we all um, had that transitioning. I know that it's probably going to take a while, but maybe if my voice changes. What was your first thing that you couldn't wait for in puberty? Oh, my training bra. I was so excited for my bra. <laughs> my, my poor sister. Okay, so uh, I love you, Shannon. Um, my poor sister has, like, no um, cleavage, no, no boobs whatsoever, like none. And I ended up with a C cup, like, by middle school. And so I was on the opposite Mm -hmm. end of what you were. I didn't want any part of that. So I never had a training bra because I went from not wearing a bra at all Mm -hmm. to all of a sudden my entire family going, you need to wrangle that. You must wear a bra. This is not funny anymore. And so for me, it was, was, yeah, it was like, no, you're really a girl. Let's. Let's fix that. Did you feel any of that dysphoria whenever you initially started puberty? Were you like, 
like me, I was waiting for an Adam's apple. Yeah. Like, I just knew I was going to get an Adam's apple and I got boobs. I was never really comfortable with my chest at all. Like, yeah. and I never really wanted to wear a bra either. And people would notice. Like, mm. not exactly. And it's embarrassing. Yeah. And like, a, like well, this one time I was on a trip and this, um, I was like, yo, I'm not wearing a bra, so I'm just going to turn around and pull my shirt off. And this girl's like, yeah, I noticed. And I was like, wearing a really thick hoodie. And I was like, why do people even want to look at my chest? And that was at the time that I knew that I was, like, trans, but I was not exactly out. And um, I was still in kind of denial about mm -hmm. it. And yeah. I really, like, I just had these vivid daydreams of just going, like... <sighs> yeah, taking them off. I actually tried to cut mine off. And so that was unpleasant. Ugh. And, uh, yeah, I took an X-Acto knife. Oh, I really geez. thought... Well, I really mm -hmm. thought that I could do it because I... See, we didn't have the Internet, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have safe people to talk to. We didn't have anything like that. Unless you had a family member who was part of that community, you had no nothing. And I was in Texas and in a small farm town where there was it wasn't even talked about, you know. So for me, I didn't know. That was my excuse. I didn't know. I just knew you wanted to get rid of something, you cut it off. That's what I knew. You knew better. So, see, that's already uh, us working to make the generations better, right? Mm -hmm. And so we do have to pat ourselves on the back a little bit for screwing up. Because if it wasn't for us screwing up, our kids wouldn't be amazing. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever thinks of that. And I want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Nobody thinks about how resilient we become because of our parents. Mm. Yeah. So can we look at that as a positive thing and not say, you know, our parents caused us grief and screwed us up? You know, yeah. do you feel like your parents are happier now that they're divorced? And has it not made your relationship better with each one individually? It's made a lot better, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, whenever you think about your evolution and, you know, where you were and who you are now and how you're thinking and all that stuff, it has to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. When did it start for you where you said, okay, I'm ready for a relationship because you got into a relationship late. Well, I had been in several relationships, all long-term relationships. All long-term. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, eight years, whatever, yeah. ten years. So what made you want to settle down each time to have a long-term relationship? Because not I, every second. Well, I was looking for a long-term relationship. I just didn't really make the best choices in partners it just yeah. wasn't the one you know yeah because sometimes we just don't know yet we don't know you how don't to pick know. them well i you know i grew up in a really narcissistic and abusive home and so i went out of that into a narcissistic abusive relationship because that's what i knew at the time and um, I think I was in that relationship for about eight years, and I finally just couldn't take it anymore. I developed really intense anxiety yeah. issues. Um, narcissistic um, abuse is horrible. It, it is. It messes with it your is. head. It's more of a mental thing than anything. And you can talk on that, too. Yeah, because I was in a relationship for about three years, one of my first long-time relationships. It was, of course, long distance, but... Um, it's still a relationship. I was very committed to it, and I always had a feeling deep down inside that there was someone else. I would always ask. They would always um, say no, but I found out later that, yes, it was about... Um, they were with someone for a year while they were with me. And throughout all that, 
Of course, I will admit, I was some of the problem, too. I was very toxic in the relationship. We usually are. I really made... Whoa. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I will, um... What's the word? I will, like, say that say that I was toxic. I will, like, oh. admit that. Yeah, that's the word, admit it. And, um, but they were also very toxic, and they said a lot of stuff to me that really made me question myself, made me feel really bad about myself, mm. and, um... A lot of other stuff that was too intimate that I was not comfortable with, and they made up a lot of stuff about me too, so ever since I got out of that and I got into my new relationship, I'm like, hey, I don't want this to be, like, exactly too serious yet. I'm not really in for anything intimate. It makes me really uncomfortable, and I would appreciate it if, um... We just didn't go there. And, of course, totally okay with it. My relationship is great right now. And the difference is you became aware of what your cycle of behavior was and you stopped that cycle of behavior, Mm -hmm. just like you did. Mm -hmm. And it took some doing, but you had to recognize you were repeating your mother's pattern Mm -hmm. and you had to recognize you were repeating your mother's pattern, Mm -hmm. right? Uh And so it was generational. It was a generational story that we're repeating. And yeah, yeah, because it's just like the example I always give, you hold on to the farts in the backpack, you Mm -hmm. know? And so you've been able to let your mom's farts go because Mm -hmm. she let her mom's farts go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And now, what do you still have to work on whenever it comes to that? Whenever I get angry and I tend to not be able to hold it back, like... That's a tough one for me. It is a very tough one for me. And um, I remember people will help calm me down, like Nagito. Shout out to Nagito. Mm -hmm. Epic person as well. Um... Doesn't really know how to handle it, but he'll try and help me. And then also, Zach helps me calm down and tells me, hey, um, you're taking your anger out on us, and I think you need to calm down and stuff. And I'm like, I will either get even more angrier, or I will calm down. Right, well, it can only go one of two ways. And that's, you have to realize that others don't make you feel a certain way. You make yourself feel that way. Mm -hmm. But others can participate in a situation that gives you the opportunity to feel that way. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people don't recognize that, and that's why those boundaries are important, right? Mm -hmm. So you give people your boundaries, but you also have to have that flexible thinking, that negotiating factor. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're talking about, is sometimes you don't have flexible thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you cannot recognize that it can't be about you, that it needs to be about other people, and that's totally normal. And so I hate to tell you both, but y'all are really normal when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. Because that is the hardest thing for people to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it comes first with judgments on yourself. Mm -hmm. So initially you judge yourself and you say, oh, I can't handle it if somebody does this. I can't handle it if a snake crawls up my pant leg. That's one of those things. I can't handle that. That's physical, right? What can you not handle, though, crawling up in your heart, crawling up in your soul? You know, what? what is that one thing that you say, I can't handle it, that's toxic? Because you use that word toxic. So what? define what that is. Crossing people's boundaries and not respecting them or yourself. Tell me why someone would cross your boundaries. Because they don't respect themselves or you. They don't value the relationship. So it's not really about you right? It's really about them. So if they're crossing your boundaries, it's not about you Mm -hmm. or your boundaries. It's about them and their boundaries Mm -hmm. and they clearly don't have them. So Mm -hmm. that's the flexible thinking that you need to have. My dad told me something that really got me. When we were in Germany, we had 
our vehicle, our minivan, and it was in the shop, and it was going to cost 400 euro to get it out. Well, we went and got the cash. They only dealt in cash. So Beth went and got the cash, and she had it in a wallet. She had to go to PT. She put her wallet in the locker, and the money got stolen. Mm. She had to call me and tell me about it. Well, I had to call my dad and be like, Dad, we don't have this money. Can you loan it to us? And it felt awful. And my dad said, and I was so angry at the person mm -hmm. that took it. I mean, I was just livid. Mm -hmm. And my dad said, they must have needed it more than you did. Mm -hmm. They must. So if mm -hmm. someone is pushing your boundaries mm -hmm. repeatedly, they need attention more than you do. Mm -hmm. Right? So if you are thinking on some of those people who are still needing more attention than you, you're able to see now that it's their issue and you're able to support them more now than what you were, right? Because they're giving you that feedback and they're saying, hey, you know, you're doing really good or I appreciate this. One, your dad, your dad's noticing changes in you and he's really appreciating the amount of respect you have, right? Yeah. And that feels good because then it solidifies for him that you are hearing him and that makes him feel important. So totally. if you are hearing your friends, that's making them feel important, yeah. right? So who makes you feel important? Who's hearing you? And you can't say me. One of your friends. You. Um, um, I already know that I'm practically perfect in every way. <laughs> yes. Um, you, Dad, um, all my friends, um, especially my friend Caden, um, or Shuishi, whatever he likes to be called, um, we, he's the only one that I can really talk about, like, dark things with. Like, we make really dark, really dark jokes. Oh, yeah. And I have um, a whole group. I have a whole like, team of people. Mm -hmm. It's Linda G. Shout out to Linda G. Yeah, shout out to Shuichi, Kaden. Very epic. Um, If someone were to cancel me, he would be the one because of all the jokes I've made. Oh, my God, that is so weird. I got to talk about that right now. That whole cancel me shit. I hate it so right. much. It's so stupid. You and I are about to talk about this. Because you're cringy as hell right now with the cancel me shit. What was it in in your time that was that thing that adults were like, stop saying that? Oh my gosh. We were in the 80s. Yeah. Oh my God, I can think stop of Stop the world and uh, let me off. Do you remember that <laughs> yes. one? I said or, that once and that was one of the cringiest moments of my or life. Or how about keep on trucking? Oh, well that was 70s. That was good. We were still saying it in the 80s. So, yeah. And Cool Beans. Cool Beans. beans. All the time. And um, Nanu Nanu. Oh, my God. You that reminds me Nanu Nanu. of something that my boyfriend says. He says, meanie beanie. Meanie beanie? If someone's being mean, he says, oh. you're meanie beanie. And I'm like, stop. Oh, that's sort of cute, though. He doesn't <gasps> say you're being an asshole. No. I kind of like the guy. I respect yeah. him. Oh, my God. Well, you hear that? Brandon respects you. So. Hey, and he's also trans, right? Yeah. Okay, so how many people of your friends are cis? It's good that he has to count on his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, two or three. <laughs> okay, so you have... There's no shame in that. You know, we flock to a community for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And you... You have a little bit of experience, too, with LGBT. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about that? Um, well, I have been um, in a relationship, several relationships with women 
and mm, and with men, I've just I've gone both ways. It, it really for me, it depends on the person. It's yeah, the energy who we've, I fall in love with. Yeah, we've talked about that. So, do you consider yourself bisexual or pansexual? Um, Toby's helped educate me, and I think I'm pansexual. I would agree because that's about the energy. It's it doesn't matter the package. It's all about the energy. So I think that you and I both have that understanding of the same type thing. You are too? Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm queer as shit. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I ain't even playing. <laughs> I'll let a bunny rabbit love up on me. <laughs> Bunnies can kiss me. I have some chills. I can chills. hear them. Yeah, they're going, oh, probably because they, they hear you. They were probably feeling your energy. Oh, my I'm God, telling my babies. You. So, I have two chinchillas. I have Nico and Norman, and they're my life. I love them as much as I love my children. Sometimes more, because they don't talk. <laughs> so, when Tobias comes for coaching, he always gives them a treat and talks to them and stuff. And the past couple times that he's been over, they're, they're usually not up until about 6 o'clock in the evening. That's when they get up and play. Well, Tobias comes in, and right now it's what time? It's still early. I don't even know oh, what time. Here. Um, and, um... Two? 1.50, yeah. Okay, so, so 1.50. They shouldn't even be up. Oh, really? And they're up right now, uh -huh. yeah. And, um, I really am convinced that it's your voice. Mm. That, that they just know that you're here and they're showing off. So, they're like, hey, we're awake. You can give us a treat. But we'll wake them up anyway. So, it doesn't even really matter. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that it's cool that, that they like you. I, uh... My dad takes care of them whenever we're gone, mm -hmm. and they treat him just like they treat me, and it's probably because we have a lot of the same mannerisms. Mm -hmm. You think you have a lot of hers? Mannerisms? Me? I don't know. You do. You have do. a lot yeah. of them. You just aren't I, aware of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. You do the thing that we all Kill. do. I know they're being crazy. You do the thing that we all learn whenever we are um, raised as female which is the more um, you communicate, the more you touch. Mm -hmm. Is that not true? Mm -hmm. You grow up knowing that it's okay as females to touch another female. Mm -hmm. It is not okay for a man to touch another female. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I've had to get used to. Mm -hmm. And those are those little trans things that most people don't think about. Kind of like mm -hmm. when I take my kids to the park now. If my kids aren't right there with me, I am a creepy guy sitting at a park yeah, bench staring right. at children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be experiencing that. Yeah. You just don't know it, mm -hmm. but you will. Your life does change, mm -hmm. and it changes because of social constructs. Mm -hmm. You know, it does. Now, if everybody just declares that they're pansexual, like, you know, I feel like everyone should be, but if everyone just recognized energy and didn't recognize anything else, there would be no need for us to alter our bodies. There right. would be no need right. for that because we could accomplish it all with expression. Exactly. So if we yeah. accomplish it all with expression and boys could wear high heels and girls could wear suits and whatever was whatever, and we declared our own pronouns, we declared all of our own stuff, there wouldn't be any of this awfulness, right? But, you know, if we didn't have the awfulness, we wouldn't exactly know what it felt like to be accepted, right? Yeah. How do you label yourself outside of being trans or outside of being pan? How do you label yourself? I don't really label myself as pan, but um, what do you mean by that? Like, what kind of labels? Like, I've heard you say you're a gamer. 
so you have a gamer um, label. Yeah. Um, it and labeling yourself means how do you fit in socially? Because labels are social constructs, right? Mm -hmm. So if someone says I don't label myself, that means they're not social, yeah. or they're not thinking socially. And you come from a time where you were very isolated and you did not do things socially or at least not productive social things. And now you've actually stopped playing a certain game because it was toxic, right? Yeah. What did you stop playing? Murder Mystery 2. Um, and Because it made you mad. It frustrated you. <sighs> yep. So what was the trigger in it? Um, There would always be toxic people in there who would get like, mad at us for just playing and would say a lot of mean stuff to us and then it would get us mad because obviously we don't want that toxic energy on us and then we became toxic and it was it was a disaster so how come you couldn't just ignore it and be honest um at the time i was very sensitive and cared about what other people thought of mm. me and that's mm. okay yeah it's perfectly normal and natural mm. don't you care what people think about you yeah. i care yeah i care well, sort of. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what you used to Okay, yeah, so let me rephrase this. I care that people see me in a positive way because that's the way I intend to live my life. And if I'm not mm -hmm. in, if I'm not living in a positive way, it means my intention is the opposite mm -hmm. of, of what it needs to be. And so I need someone to check me. That's the accountability. So if I'm being too negative, my wife comes in and says, here, give me a hug. And, you know, makes me talk it out or you know, at mm -hmm. least acknowledges that something's going on and it needs to change. So she'll call me out on my shit. Mm -hmm. Who calls you out on your shit because you don't have anyone with you right now to call you out on it? You. You <laughs> called me out on my shit <laughs> a few weeks ago. <laughs> I do. I do call you out on your shit. Yeah. And I will start calling Tobias out on his Go shit. Ahead. I already have, though, really. Yeah. You know, there were a couple of there were a couple of coaching sessions we had that was hard for you. Yeah. Because you had to realize that the things you were doing weren't productive, even though yeah. you wanted them to be. Uh, it sucks, doesn't it? But the good news is when you become an adult, you can do that shit anytime you want. <laughs> you know, if you wanted to stop work and play video games, you could. I could, but I wouldn't have, my bills wouldn't get paid, though. Not, <laughs> right? But you still Consequences. Could. But you, right. Sure. Consequences. So you could choose, though, to live below your means. Sure, I could. And you could choose to live below your means, too. Mm -hmm. But, unfortunately, if you choose to live below your means, you stay stuck. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you say, consequences, no, I'm not willing to accept being stuck again. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's the Thrive mentality, mm -hmm. and that's what you've gotten. And you've been, y'all have both been coaching since January. Mm -hmm. So would you say that it's really made a marked difference to you? Oh, major. Yeah. 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 That makes me feel good. Yeah. New thinking. It's, New tools. It's hard, though. Like the sessions that I was talking hard. about with you. Yeah. There were times that we went through boxes of Kleenexes. Mm -hmm. I mean, even me. Y'all don't understand that when y'all leave, I'm still stuck with the feeling, too. Uh. And it's not, I don't carry it. Like, you know, I'm not totally empathic where I just go, oh, this is affecting me. But I do think about y'all. I do worry about y'all. Just like you stayed up overnight worrying about Joe and I. Mm -hmm. Joe and I are fine. We still have this wonderful bromance, and he will be back, I promise. <laughs> um, but it makes me realize that we do have people that care and listen. Mm -hmm. Who, besides the people that you've shared with, do you know care and listen to someone? Because No, but, well, besides me, besides your team of people, who can you say, if I didn't have this team of people, who would care? I mean, a lot of other people. 
Yeah, but, you know, our listeners, they don't know all these, a lot of people, you know, because some of our listeners are right where we've been. We've all three been stuck just staring at ourselves, you know, staring at the mirror Mm -hmm. and just looking at ourselves all the time and not seeing anyone around us. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been in in a fun house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, think about it. Don't you feel like you've been that way for a long time? You've just been looking at how you're acting and what you're doing and how you look and what you like and who's Mm -hmm. thinking this about Mm -hmm. you and who's thinking that, right? Fun house is a really good description. Yeah, because sometimes you look really good to yourself Mm -hmm. and sometimes you look really bad to yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we've all been standing in front of those mirrors Mm -hmm. for a while. Mm -hmm. Us, hell of a lot longer than you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, seriously. Like, really, guys. (laughs) Yeah, you are kind of old. A little longer than older than you. (laughs) Take it from the guru, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But when you finally got out of that and you were able to participate a little bit more, Mm -hmm. what was the one thing that you said, man, I really like doing this now? I thought it was so cringy before. Listening to ASMRs, probably. Yep, I knew that was going to be your reaction. We are ASMRs. Um, okay, so let's say... Okay, everyone, today we're going to be listening to Wood Tapping. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. Alex does too. It's just weird shit. Like, like mouth noises. Uh, Ew, oh, oh, no, oh, not oh. the mouth noises. Oh, but you know that they're on there and you know that people love that. Yeah. It's bizarre as shit. Like, you can really make money doing that. Really? Yeah, recording stuff like that. Yuck. That's gross. No. What do people do like, with that? There's also, like, head massaging ASMRs. Like, sometimes people don't talk either. It just sounds. It's head massaging? still weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's what you hear? Like. <laughs> okay. Here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to bring them to the mic. There's some... There's now, so there you go. Now you can rewind that and listen to that. Bring us some more. I've never heard of that before, ever. <laughs> okay. Well, not only have you learned something new today, but I'm sure a few of our listeners have because I don't know that everybody is into that. But you are into it, and I really can't make fun of it, even though I am. It's okay. I mean, yeah, it's not it's a thing. It's a newer thing because you also had that tactile thing. Like, what was it? You like to chop, oh, cut up soap. Oh, yeah, Alex, that too. Now, don't oh knock gosh. that because I'm all over Oh, I'm, I'm not knocking it, but it was all stuff that I've never seen before that I would, like, Toby watch would show me. I started... videos, like 30-minute long videos of soap cutting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and slime. You were totally into yeah. slime. Yeah. I mean, they really like the tackle. Oh, my gosh, that reminds me of... So, basically, an old friend of mine... Sorry to interrupt, but no. this is really funny. This is what so, we do. She has this huge tube of slime. Let's say it's like... This long, this this tall. Not even kidding. It was Lexi, uh-huh. and so um, her mom didn't allow her to have slime, right? Yeah, so her mom I'm was home alone. Mom. I meant her mom was gone when we were home alone, and we were playing with slime, and then, <laughs> and then like all of a sudden we heard the garage door close and keys, and then she was like, "Oh no!" and she clipped it, and then she fell down on her side, and she was laughing because she fell down, and I had to grab this huge tub of slime and shove it under her bed while she was just, like, laying there on the floor <laughs> laughing. Like, we almost got caught a couple of times. Oh my god, slime. Just the thought of having that much slime okay, in, yeah. in the house is Imagine so if it freaking... spilled. No, no, stop, stop. <laughs> Why would you do that? 
Oh, and that... we went through some serious glue. This kid, <sighs> yeah, and turned too... all, a lot of my uh, stuff, my bowls, my bowls with lids for the kitchen. <laughs> I found them all <laughs> okay. and under the bed with slime in them. <laughs> yep. So you know what though? You only have one, yeah, one right, child, right? I have had four. I don't know so... how you can wrangle that. Oh, I, I can't. That's why I don't. They're feral. My kids are feral. <laughs> I, that's why I was happy that my dad moved in because they might learn something from him. Uh -huh. He's like John Denver. Yeah. So, do they spend time with them? Yeah, they do sometimes. But, you know, they're into their own crap. But, but he's a good influence. Oh, yeah. And they love Grandpa. He and seems like a very stabilizing little influence little cockroach to me. dance. Look. Oh, that is cute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> It was cute for five minutes until I remembered how gross they were. When we lived at Fort Bragg, we had them crawling inside oh, of our TV. We had a big no. screen TV and one went across. No. Beth was deployed and I was there by myself. And I called my neighbor and BFF, Jeffy. He was uh, across the street a few houses down. It was like two in the morning and I couldn't sleep watching TV. And I'm like, I text him and, and then I, I go, you got to come kill this thing. I'm not even playing and he came over. Did he get That's, it? Yeah, he did. He he was my savior. You know, we we did that in the community when one was deployed. Sure. You know, we took over. You had to have somebody. So that raises the question of what do you do when you are in a family who's dealing with something like divorce or alcoholism or something like that? You know, we have support groups for a lot of things. We have support groups for the the teens um, of alcoholics. You know, Alateen. And stuff like that. What do they offer for divorce? Do they have any support groups for children of divorce? You went through it. I got no support when my parents. And I mean, there was. How much more support did Tobias get than you? Definitely a lot more. Oh, God, like, I'd say 100% yeah. more than what I got. Yeah. My parents did not get divorced, my parents stayed married. Um, they probably should have got a divorce, but that's not for me to decide. My dad fully loved my mom, mm -hmm. and they were married for a million years, like over 50 years. Um, when you think about marriage and you think about relationships, what is your idea about staying married, divorce? What concepts do you have? Well, if you want to stay married, stay married, but like, if you feel like you can't bear anymore, get a divorce. It's not much of a big deal. Like right. it's not, it's not gonna affect random strangers. And like, is it gonna hurt? Obviously, but like, I would rather like be in a temporary place of hurt than be hurt for like over twenty years. There it's you like, go. It's not worth it. You only have one life to live. That's what it comes down to, and that's something that your mom had to realize. And that is so freaking hard. It was hard for me to, <clears throat> excuse me. Because I came from a family of divorce, mm -hmm. and your dad did too, and both of us promised to each other when we got married that we would never divorce. Nope, nope, not and a good so idea. It was, it was hard for us. It was hard for us to do that. Yeah. That's why it became difficult. And that's why, you know, those marriage vows, you really, really think about them. Mm -hmm. You know, so do you, Tobias, do you sit here and go, when I get married, it's going to be this, it's going to be just I'm in it for the long haul or do you think you know if if I do get into relationship maybe I'll try it out before I get ma married what do you think as far as relationships your generation marriage no marriage you're gonna live in sin that's the old-fashioned way. I know, that's what, sin. Go for that's it. what we used to call it. Beth and I lived in sin I recommend it highly 
I mean, yeah, I would definitely... <laughs> yeah, not stay married for a long time and live together. Like, you have to be pretty special to get but married. But do you know what? I can tell you this. Beth and I wouldn't be together right now if we weren't married. Oh. And you know why? Why? Because we both take our wedding vows so seriously mm-hmm. that we have communicated and waited and maintained um, a relationship despite obstacles mm-hmm. that really broke other people up. Mm-hmm. We were invested in each other enough to actually make that promise to each other. But what made our situation different is that we were able to decide for ourselves that we were treating each other poorly. You don't know sometimes when you're in a relationship, just like you said. When you were in the relationship, you didn't know how toxic you were until you got out of it. And then you were like, oh, man, that's that cringy moment, right? Yeah. And when you realize that if indeed the relationship was meant to be sustainable, you end up back together. That's what happened with Beth and I. Mm. So it wasn't the fact that we, um, you know, because she deployed and then the universe brought her back multiple times to me so I couldn't look at that and go it's something's here you know I had a choice I could have just left and went home to mom and dad but the facts were in I didn't need to because she wasn't hurting me you understand so if I had divorced Beth for any reason at all throughout our marriage it would have been for a selfish reason You know, Mm -hmm. it would have been because it would have been simply me saying, I want more. Mm -hmm. Is that wrong, though? It's not. It's absolutely, and that's my point. It's not wrong for someone to say, I want more, because Mm -hmm. what I did was gave up the school that I wanted to go to, missed out on that, and I gave up a whole lot of stuff to support her career. Sure you did. I don't regret that now. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's me, and that's now. Right. You know, and people who choose to divorce are still looking out for themselves. You know, just like I did. And and that's the thing. I looked out for myself by saying, I want a family no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that this person that I'm with feels supported at all times, no matter what. Mm-hmm. That was my choice. Mm-hmm. And I almost became a martyr to it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And that's no when I did. woke up. Right. That's mm-hmm. when I woke up and said, oh, this isn't working. we got to communicate mm-hmm. so much better. Mm-hmm. And yes. that's the difference, right? Price, now, yeah. it takes two people, though, to have resolve. Yes. You can't control the other person. No. All you can do is control yourself. That's right. And that's when divorce happens. Mm-hmm. Because all you can do is control yourself. We talked about the flexible thinking, the consequences, and all that stuff of our actions. So in that moment, you decide whether or not you want to live with the consequences of your actions. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, your mom said, absolutely, I am going to live for me because this isn't working. This is toxic, just like mm-hmm. you said, right? Because mm-hmm. you can't control the other person. That's right. I know that you've both healed from those relationships because y'all mm-hmm. are already doing better than you were. I know I've healed from it, even though repeatedly, that's what people don't get. Beth and I have had repeated interruptions in our lives, mm-hmm. you know, and if people step back and look at their marriages they'll see that they've had repeated interruptions too Mm -hmm. but it's when that interruption gets too heavy for you Mm -hmm. that you have to say that's enough and Mm -hmm. it comes down to communication Mm -hmm. Beth and I communicate pretty well do you and Tobias's dad communicate now 
We're starting to communicate a little bit, but really, honestly, I think that was the biggest problem is that we did not communicate well together yeah. as a couple. It was non-existent almost. And you know what? That's because y'all are from two different backgrounds. That's exactly and right. that's it. Well, you know, we fell into that lust thing, and then once the lust thing was over... Which it, the honeymoon lasted for a really long time. We were really had we were really good friends and we had a lot of fun. But I noticed the differences right away yeah. when we were dating, and I just I, I said red flag, but I let it go. But you let kept that comfortable I let cycle. It well, and it was also too because this was my the first man that I'd been with in a while because I had been with women previously. So I was trying to open myself up to we'll something. Get you. Men will always get you. I was trying to do something a little bit different than what I usually did. Is what I was trying to do. And well, and you did successfully because you got Tobias. Exactly. Tobias was obviously the reason. So, and you see, that's how we look at things. <clears throat> and that's how you'll start to look at things as an adult. There's a reason the universe does what it does and puts you where you are when you are. It's your choices that get you there. But it's the universe that provides opportunity, right? Yeah. So what opportunities are you taking now within your relationship that says, I'm going to be vulnerable and deep with this person? What kind of things are you doing? I'm trying my best to show my emotions a lot more, but um, it's I'm still kind of struggling. But yeah, you said that you're imbalanced. I'm, 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 get, so I'm getting you, there. How are you, are you sharing those little successful things? that say because this is what I make people do when you are depressed and you can't even get out of bed to shower and then finally you get out of bed to shower at five o'clock and you text me and you go I'm taking a shower I'm happy I am ecstatic because you made a choice in that moment to dig yourself up and go do something to take care of you right yeah. so for me that's a success do you share things like that with him because Here's the thing. If he doesn't know you struggle with something, he's never going to know what the success really looks like. Right? Oh, yeah, totally. Because um, he was like, hey, can you join the call? And I'm like, nope, I'm on my way to film a podcast. And he was like, oh, I'm happy for you and stuff. And, yeah, everyone was happy for me. So that's really cool. So talk about that. Talk about the process of opening up. Would you have ever done a podcast six months ago? Would you have been comfortable enough to do a podcast? No. No. If you did, what would it have sounded like? Um, a power review would have been very, very, very cringy. Okay, so let's just go with three months ago in January. Okay, so think. Right after Christmas in January, what would have the podcast been about? Um, what were you going through in January? My recent um, relationship that I was getting over. I'd be very angry. I'd be talking about that the whole time. Wouldn't you say that was your very first, like relationship relationship to where you had yeah. like boundary issues uh -huh. anytime you have your first relationship you have boundary issues because you're, you have no have idea any... what boundaries are <laughs> until you get into the first relationship so that's practice I tell people who have had multiple relationships good yeah I'm glad that you've had multiple ones uh -huh. because now you know what not to do right well, that's what I've been telling Toby for years, you know. Each relationship is a ladder Practice, yeah. towards... And I told you that in one of the sessions. Did that make you feel any better at all to think about it as practice? 
Yeah. I mean, some people, they don't give a crap. They're like, whatever, practice, huh? This is the rest but, of my life. This is yeah. real. But you know what? Practice makes progress. It doesn't make perfection because no relationship's perfect, and it's ever-evolving. Yeah. Even your relationship with Andy will never mm-hmm. be dissolved. No. Because you yeah. have to bias. Yeah. So your relationship will ever be mm-hmm. changing. Mm-hmm. And your relationship with mom and dad will ever be changing. Mm-hmm. Now, your mom and I talked about something pretty heavy about how she sort of backed away from her mom. And she felt like um, that was the best thing for her at the time. She was also concerned that you would do that to her. Oh. And that's why, do you understand that that's where her insecurity came from? Mm -hmm. Because when y'all first came in, you were very, very worried that Tobias was just going to hate you because you didn't understand. Mm -hmm. Did you ever really say, my mom just doesn't get me and I hate her? No, I would never say something like I hate her. Ever? No. Even in your darkest time, you wouldn't say a hater. You would say, I need her to listen. Yeah, I would I need say that. her to I understand. I would never say that I hate my parents, ever. But, you know, as parents, we hear that. We see it and we hear it. When y'all do stuff that we know y'all know is disrespectful, we immediately think about ourselves. We don't think about you. We go, why are you disrespecting me? It totally becomes blame. And it totally becomes about us because we feel disrespected. Is it wrong that we call you on it? No. Is it wrong if we don't call you on it? Yes. Yeah. Because if we don't call you on it, we're not giving you our boundary, are we? And it's okay for us to think about ourselves when we're being disrespected. So you know it's okay for you to think about yourself when you need to, right? It doesn't always have to be under attack, though. So if somebody gives you a compliment, what do you think? When someone says, oh, I love your hair, what do you think? Oh, they took time in their day to notice my hair and compliment me on it. What did you used to say when somebody looked at your hair and said, oh, I like your hair? Um, did you always say, oh, thank you? Yeah. You did? You didn't ever go, oh, yeah, today it's not so good or... <laughs> that's just bullshit. No, I wouldn't say that. You, you would have never said that. Probably not. No, that's just seeking attention. Clearly, seeking that? more oh, validation. Yeah. Oh yeah, all the time. Oh, you know Anytime somebody uses the word "but," that's them taking over the conversation. Them taking the power. So, because first you say something great about yourself, but then blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that's you saying I need the attention right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why you wouldn't do that. Yeah, you get it. What friends of yours do that still? Well, you don't have to name their names. Um, do you have friends that still do that? Yeah. That use but? Uh, oh, you give them a compliment, and they're like, oh, yeah, but. Mm. Yep, yeah, yeah. You know who we are. You know who you are. So are you going to start calling them on it? Yes. Okay, and when you call them on it, text me and say, hey, I just called this person on it. Okay. And maybe I'll text that person if you share their stuff. I'll text them and say, hey, did you just get called on this? Bet, 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 <laughs> bet. I don't mind getting text messages from weirdos. That's okay. Oh, you're done? Mm-hmm. You can have them. You're done. Oh, you're going you're gonna to let him have your nasty balls? <laughs> oh, God. You are not adding tea to that like that. Yeah. It oh, needed, y'all are so gross. It needed tea. I don't even know what to say about all that. So what do you think the guru's done the... Try it. Oh my god. What, wait, what is it? What? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> this has to be shown. Really? That drives me crazy. Well, like, 
well, what? They yeah, go ahead. I don't think English is their first language. <laughs> so oh, okay. Well, that makes a little more sense, but still. <laughs> what have y'all gotten the most out of having a life coach? Um, some grounding and some tools. Tools is good. I like tools. Yeah. I am a tool bag. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't mind being a tool bag. Um, if you had to tell the listeners um, one thing that they can really get help with versus going to a therapist, because going to therapy is so much different than life coaching, and I know that y'all know that, but they don't. Mm-hmm. So what's the main difference for y'all between therapy and coaching? It's a lot more laid back and less stressful. You can really talk more, unlike more of like a business view, kind of more like a friend way. Like, oh, I'm a friend. Yeah, of course. (laughs) I am. Well, because one thing is I get to decide who I coach. Yeah. Um, Typically in a more medical type environment when you're going to a therapist or whatever and they take insurance, they will take anyone. You know, anyone who needs help, and they should. I'm not disputing that. I'm just lucky enough to be able to look at people and go, ah, oh, you trigger me. I'm not going to coach you. You need therapy. Oh, I yeah. have had to tell clients that I can't coach them that they need therapy. Mm. If really? I had said that to y'all, if I had looked at you and said, oh, I can't help mm. you, you need therapy, how would that have affected you? Well, my attorney had just told me I needed therapy, too. So I'd be like, well, damn, I must need some therapy. <laughs> And you? I probably get really hurt. Like, yeah, if, I would take it very personally. If you think that somebody doesn't accept you at your level, it hurts. Now, whenever I've had to recommend people to therapy, I still typically I'll recommend them to therapy, and if they start, I will coach them. Mm-hmm. But I coach them in tandem with therapy, and if you know, if I find out that they're no longer in therapy, and I always know, you know, because they come in just as messed up as they were you know, with their thoughts, not messed up, but their thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, and we talked about it unraveling. You have to mm-hmm. unravel those thoughts, right? Yes. Did you feel like you had more negative thinking or positive thinking when you were first coming in? Mm, negative thinking. You really did. You could recognize it mm-hmm. as this is negative thinking. Did you recognize that you had negative thinking? Oh, yeah. You came in knowing, though, that you had a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. And you were very much committed to showing that you had a growth mindset. So what about those people that on principle alone want to prove that they're not of a progressive mindset or growth mindset? Those people that are not flexible at all, how do they behave? Do you know what I'm talking about? Somebody like me a little bit. Somebody like with OCD or OCD type tendencies who's totally inflexible and you have to go somewhere with them. Mm-hmm. Is it not stressful? It's stressful. Because they're not flexible at all. You know that you're going to have to be there at a certain time. You know that you're going to have to do things a certain way. I you're don't gonna... like hanging out with people like that. That's the question. Mm-hmm. So people like me typically would drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I drive a lot of people crazy. You mm-hmm. just don't know it because you see me in this office. Yeah. And typically y'all see me medicated. Mm-hmm. If I'm not medicated, I'm not this pleasant. Really? Yeah. You're on medication, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Okay, what do you take? Lexapro. Okay. 
And what do you take? Lexapro. Okay, and how does that help y'all versus not having medication? It helps a lot. It definitely, um, it keeps me more up on my feet because before I, like, took my medication, all I would do is just lay in bed and be miserable. And the time wherever I was having, like, more heart problems, um, I had to get off of the Lexapro. And at the time, I just felt like there was no hope and I wanted to lay in bed forever. And with the Lexapro in my system, it kind of helps me um, See through get it. up. Yes. To unravel that mess. Mm -hmm. And for me, pot does that. I used to be on Cymbalta and, uh, for neuropathy and for fibromyalgia, for um, you know depression, all of that mm -hmm. stuff it treated. And it really messed me up more because I was super sensitive to it. So it made me suicidal. It made me crazy. Mm -hmm. And that's always my concern. So I have an experience with pharmaceuticals mm -hmm. that I just don't touch pharmaceuticals mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. I was on a lot of them. But I'm not opposed to pharmaceuticals when they work. Right. And the main thing is, is that you know that antidepressants are not long-term solutions, right? You have to actually be mm -hmm. working while you do it. Mm -hmm. And both of y'all are. Mm -hmm. Do you ever think that you have to be on medication for the rest of your life? Definitely not. I know that one day I will be able to be mentally strong enough to get off of it. Do you know that some people firmly believe that they are so disabled by something that they must monitor themselves on medication for the rest of them, their lives, you know, and that's a reality for a lot of people because a lot of people have heart disease. A lot of people have things like that. Yeah. But what they forget is if they fix what they're doing, that's causing it, yeah. they don't have to stay on medication. Right. That's what pot did for me. It allowed me to say, okay, look, this is what you need to be doing. This is a healthier habit. Quit sitting on your ass. Get up and do something. You know, mm -hmm. that's essentially what it does for you. Is it tells you you need to have healthier habits. Yeah. So for you that works. Do you think about going natural when you get older? Yeah. Because like after twenty five is when they can confidently say that it doesn't look like marijuana affects, you know, the brain development. The growing brain. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so from twenty five and up. If that's something that you think about, who would you be safe talking to? Me, your mom. Or dad, or like just any Anybody. kind of cannabis user. And that's what I want to talk yeah. about because you have a unique experience that you get to talk about on the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, our generation, we grew up the war on drugs. The Reagan era, you know, saying, you can't smoke pot, you're a hippie, you smoke pot, you're a burnout, you're a loser, all that stuff. What are some of the stereotypes that you had? put on you you know through it growing up what what was a pot smoker to you um I think you know people had that hippie stereotype you know that oh, you I'm were a total hippie hugging trees and stuff which I actually <laughs> oh my do. god we do we both of us hug trees Jesus but I didn't ah. do that back then <laughs> you know what I mean so that was a stereotype that was a label oh, put on me god you know it's <laughs> so funny we're hippies yeah we really are what is your idea what has your idea always been about marijuana? Um, I Take never, me through the years. I never really had a bad opinion on it because I didn't know much about it. And then once I started learning more about it, the schools kind of demonized That's it. That's what I want to hear. But, like, I never really believed in the schools demonizing it. It didn't seem like it did much of a bad effect on people. And even, like, one of my old friends, like, who did it, like, was, like, literally stood up and was like, Hey, um... It doesn't, like, turn your brain into mush and stuff like that. Like, it's like, please tell me how badly it can affect us and stuff. And, like, she was being really assertive about it. And, um, 
I mean, like, it was in school, and at the time, you probably shouldn't have done yeah, that. But yeah, like, that's that's a boundary issue, I yeah. think. Yeah. What, smoking pot at school? No, oh, talking. Oh, talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh. But, um... Yeah, <laughs> Debating I, it with a teacher. I never, like, I just didn't like how the school demonized it. I hated it, school in general. We grew, yeah, we grew up with it demonized. I mean, that's just the way we grew oh, up. Yeah. And even my dad, who's 79, until he moved here and he saw what it did for me, he still, in his mind, thought of it as a drug. He did know that there was application for it, but he didn't quite know how it helped until he got here, and I was no longer walking with a cane. Um, my eye issues were under control because I have glaucoma. I was so wondering I have, if yeah, you... What's yeah, um, glaucoma, um, you have pressure that builds up behind your eye, and it hurts, and it kind of makes your vision funky. And the... Marijuana helps that. Oh yeah, does it, it relieves the pressure. It, absolutely, and it's immediate. But you know, there's so many different applications for it that they're finding out now. It's becoming more and more talked about, more and more legal. So, do you feel like, as someone who's going to a life coach, if you found out your life coach also smoked weed, would that betray your confidence? Would you have more confidence? How would that affect you? How did it affect you? didn't affect me at all. I mean, I would if I, well, I obviously didn't well, know you at you're one pro, point in time. But you're pro-marijuana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like the other kids. <laughs> um, well, for me, I actually, so had, I actually had someone call in and tell me that they decided that they mm-hmm. were no longer going to be my client mm-hmm. or want, want to be a member because they had watched the podcast and found out that I smoked pot. Uh-huh. And I so, am not surprised yeah, by that. But you know what? That's okay because they're not the right client for me then. Right, exactly. Because if they don't understand that, um, you know, it's a medication just like they would be on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's something. Uh-huh. Well, not too many people speak about it positively, especially, I mean, in this area even. Tobias, you have to go out there and get what you brought me because I want it to be on camera. Oh, okay. So Tobias brought me an Easter gift. We don't really celebrate Easter too much. Uh, we try not to be too commercial about it. I did get candy for the kids and such like that. But, you know, really it's just about rebirth and renewal. And look at this beautiful thing here. And it's going to be planted and, and put out on my deck. And I had something for Tobias too. This wonderful puzzle that I put together. It is doors and windows representing all the opportunities that Tobias has to be whatever he wants to be. What do you want to be, Tobias, when um, you grow up? When I grow up, oh. I love that you say when you grow up and you don't recognize that he is kind of grown. Oh, well, I'm not growing up. Uh, so <laughs> that's why I said it. I'm like, oh, I know. The first 50 years of childhood are the hardest, yeah. don't you I know? still want to be an astronaut when I grow up. So <laughs> I want to... Um, write more definitely but I also would like to get into either like psychiatry or life coaching yeah I think life coaching is an amazing thing to be able to do just because it allows you to really be invested in the person and not have as many regimented standards yeah um, of, of getting to know and trust you know each other and so I really like it because of that aspect but I also like it because of the language because you use NLP and uh, I love neuro-linguistics. I am all about that. I just think that's fabulous. It is. It's great because you don't know until you learn what words mean that mm-hmm. other people don't get it. Mm-hmm. Whenever you use certain words, what's a word that you use with your friends and they don't get it? 
lot of people don't get the word awareness. When you use the word awareness, really? they don't understand what awareness is. I find that strange. I do too. But I have encountered that. What do you mean by awareness? I've heard that question multiple times. I use here. the word redundant a lot. Redundant. What does redundant mean for you? Like repetitive. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you use that word a lot in what context? Um, like if they want to like play a game that we always play, like I'll just be like, it's boring and it gets redundant after a while. Okay. Like, I'll say something like you that. You just like the word, don't you? You like to say redundant. Makes me seem smart. It's, we do You're that. We do that. We do that as human beings. We look for words that They're make fun. us appear smarter. Yeah, but that's okay. I have a word of the day. So I get a, a word of the day, and I can't remember a single one that I've read this past week. Not one. Because they're way smarter than I am. These words are amazing, and I'm like, I will never use that. I am never that amazing. But one day. One day, you'll find the reason. Yes, one day to I will use that find word. the reason. And um, there's certain words. I watch The Spelling Bee. Do y'all watch The Spelling Bee? Is that the movie? No, The Spelling Bee, an actual competition. The, the, y'all don't watch The Spelling Bees that come no. on? Like the National Spelling Bees? Oh, my God, mm -hmm. I just realized I'm super nerdy. <gasps> no, Thanks, <sorry>. guys. <laughs> I, I didn't thought know I that could they count on y'all. Thanks, thanks for not for not following me on that. God, now I'm embarrassed. It's sort of like a dog show. Uh, I watch the dog shows too. What yeah. the cat shows? Yeah. I knew that you were, were gonna people. do that. Yeah. Like I remember, like there was this like. How do you are you being judge? Because we're cats. Like totally there was like judging. this one like. What was it? Like it was like a Persian cat. And the guy was so dramatic about it. he's like he was fucking crying yeah. and he was like this has got to be the most beautiful cat I have ever seen. <laughs> everyone just started clapping and it was just so funny. Okay, we used to raise Persian cats whenever I grew up. Ooh. We my mom bred them and Persians are so inbred they eat their babies like almost immediately and so you have to take them away. Oh so God. that's why Persians are, are so stupid? expensive because they're inbred. They're that's how they get the that smush face. face. So the more smush the face, the more inbred they are, and oh, the worse you. mother they are. Oh, that's because sad. these we would have to take them away and then put them on a heating pad. I actually killed one because yeah. I left the heating pad on. Oh. Bro. Yeah. Well, they would. They didn't even care where they had the babies either. They would go to the litter box and just squirt just, one out there. Oh I would have to follow the stupid cat around when she was giving birth. I've never seen it was that. For, uh, don't look at it. It's awful. No. It's well, terrible. only once did I see a cat taking her kittens down these basement stairs and she dropped. And that was kind of hard to watch on concrete floor. You would have not made it on the farm. No, I would long. not have wow. dealt with that well at all. Yeah. We had to, like, brand them. Mm -mm. We had to, you know, cows. And, and we had to deliver kit. Oh, we had a cat named Kalamazoo. And she was a slut. She would go get pregnant and come back, and she'd have 14 kittens. Oh, my god! 14 gosh. damn kittens. Which means she had mated with Thank quite a few you. times. Oh, all of them were different. None of them had the same dad. None of them looked she the same. She was a woman that knew what she liked. It was kind yeah. of like um, Tiger Lily. And then like... <laughs> but did you know that that's a weird thing about cats, is that each egg can be fertilized by a different dad. I think that's so cool. I think it's cool too. Well, it happens in humans sometimes. Yeah, Have y'all so seen too. those My brothers, cases? I had twin brothers and they were <sighs> fraternal. Isn't that how that happens? Yeah, it's the something same thing. like that. Yeah. We need an expert on here. We need we I need twins on here. Highlands full of twins. Holy crap. Well, oh, well, twins and redheads. 
Ew. Everywhere, all over Highland. And it's got to be, you know, the genealogy. So if we look Well, it used back, to be a Dutch community, yeah, right? Not something like that. Yeah. I'm new here, you know. I'm from Texas. I can tell yeah, you about the Alamo. Right. Don't get me talking about Lincoln. <laughs> I know he had a beard and a top hat. <laughs> That's yeah. what I know about Lincoln. And he's on the penny. But, so, yeah, I'm going to forget. Or <gasps> Grandpa's going to go to pod that and then he'll see that. He'll try to squish it. We're <laughs> evil. <laughs> okay, so have y'all ever played April Fool's jokes? Because we're gonna come full circle because okay. we started talking about the last podcast. Um, right. um, that's no, gonna trip him. Really. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome in a big way. You're okay with that? Yeah. Okay. Good. He's not having a heart attack. Trust me. <laughs> he was out there tilling the garden for two. Look at him right now. He's out there watering the garden. He just planted it. That's Grandpa. Is the whole garden planted up for you guys? Yeah, yeah. He tilled it all up himself and everything. Damn. He's done all that stuff. Seventy nine. I can barely walk to the bathroom sometimes. I think I could use him over at my place for a few days. I know. I'm telling you, he needs a widow woman. So if any of y'all have mothers, sisters, anything. You don't want to lose your dad. I don't, but the truth is I want to see him happy. He deserves it so much. Uh It's kind of like if you get a dog and you just chain it up outside and it watches Mm -hmm. all the cars go by, but it never gets a pet in. Mm -hmm. That's dad. Is he social? Oh, he's really social. He's like me. So he's in garden club. Okay, and, good. And church and uh-huh. and the historical commission. So he stays All busy. these things, yeah. Okay, good. So what do you do, Tobias? Dad's 79 and he's in all these clubs. What do you do? <laughs> Not much. So maybe you need to start, right? Yeah. I need to start too. You need to look for um, a support group of divorced kids because even as an adult... I could have used something like that when my parents were going through hard times. And you have someone you're seeing, right? You have a therapist? Are you seeing a therapist or are you good? I'm good right now. I have several therapists, but they're That's online. That's because I have you. Well, my, because of COVID my trauma and everything, I could, you can't, you need a good trauma therapist. And you do. I couldn't find anybody around here that could deal, nobody could relate. Yeah, the therapist couldn't even relate. So I have found specialists online. Oh, I got you. Yeah, and that that works really well for a lot of people. Is Mm -hmm. the the online stuff? It works better sometimes than actually going into office because sometimes Mm -hmm. you're too triggered. When Mm -hmm. I was first going to therapy, this is how cringy I was. I was so triggered by people that actually they ask you when you go in on a questionnaire if there's any way that they can improve their facility and the first thing I put in there was to have a separate room for people who want it quiet because of course whenever you go to any office anywhere in public you know you can't control other people and other people will be talking loudly on their cell phones Mm -hmm. other people will be talking loudly with each other or they just don't have manners at all and instead of covering their mouth when they cough they're just hacking into the air people do that grown-ups grown-ups mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. because and you say "Ooh, but they just never learned how many people do you know chew with their mouth open mm-hmm. that is my pet peeve mm-hmm. chew with your mouth open and see if I don't say something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know and usually it's um, are you chewing your cud because mm-hmm. you look like a cow mm-hmm. but we can't control that right so I was saying I need a room that I can go to that's quiet so I don't have to sit in here with all these people that trigger me how cringy is that I mean, think about it. I wanted a facility to accommodate me and my triggers and not accommodate the population, which is what they were doing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. 
that's what that's what we do but you know that that's what trans people do with their pronouns too yeah if initially you walk up and you demand this is who i am and this is what i want you to call me you're doing the same thing you're just as cringy what you need to do is realize that the people that you're walking up to offer you something you're not giving them anything first they're offering their acceptance and it's up to you to choose whether or not you're going to accept them at their level. And if you're walking up and saying, I demand this, you're not accepting them at their level. Because you haven't given them a chance yet to even ask you a question, right? Mm -hmm. We do that too when a wife introduces herself as Mrs. Blah Blah. You know, you are identifying yourself, you're labeling mm -hmm. yourself right then and you're saying, I expect you to respect mm -hmm. me as this person's wife. Mm -hmm. Not respect me as a person. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. I know that you did that. I know that my mom did that. She mm -hmm. signed everything. Mrs. Fred Groves. Mrs. Mm -hmm. Fred Groves. Mm -hmm. She was Mrs. Fred Groves my mm -hmm. entire life. That generation was raised to be a wife. You yeah. were raised to be. I did not know my mom outside of being wife and mother. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what made her tick at all. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I know she liked to garden. She liked to do craft stuff. But that's all I know. What do you know about her? I know a lot about you. I know that, like, you're a very nice, open person who's also an artist, likes to paint, likes spiritual That is stuff. such ass-kissing. It's ridiculous. What do you, you are mean? such an ass-kissing teen. Well, what do you think I'm going to say? <laughs> I'm teasing you're you. You're so mean. Yeah, you're supposed <laughs> to say that. We need listeners. No, I'm teasing. Um, seriously, though, you really... You can look at your mom and know that she has hobbies, know who she is, yeah. be, what type of friends she likes, stuff like that. But you only recently started to learn who she was because she only recently started to learn who she was. Bless you. No, I won't. It'll come back. I'm sure it will. So, <laughs> yeah. so you know more about <laughs> Tobias than you ever did. Yeah. Well, we had a, I mean, we knew each other well, and then Tobias had a little bit of a growth spurt. And I recognized when we were hanging out with Stacy and Lexi that Tobias started slipping away. And because Tobias and his friend Lexi were kind of slipping apart too, I focused more on that. And next thing I know... He's trans, and I don't know what's going on. So that this it's been short. I mean, and it's mainly because you're focused in on one thing when something else was happening. Yeah, and that's the one thing that you chose to focus on because that's what was making you feel good in that moment. You know, it's the same thing we all do. There's my dad out there. He's probably going to come up here. We're going to wrap up anyway. I think we got some pretty good content. Is there yeah. anything else y'all want to talk about? Um, tell me. I don't know. What are you going to title this? Make it like some title like Teenager Screams at Mom, Not Clickbait, or like oh, Brandon's yeah. First ASMR, Not Clickbait, or something like that. Oh, yeah, like yeah. That. It's totally, we're going to have to come up with something because, yeah. guys, if y'all don't start subscribing, I don't know. I'm going to start torturing y'all with harder and harder um, podcasts. If you don't um, subscribe right now, I'm going to appear in your room at 3 a.m. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> mm, sounds like a critter <laughs> yeah wow that's that's frightening. do you want this in your room at 3 a.m yeah, i don't right, think so right. it's gonna be like uh, yeah Just, oh my god so speaking of i'll give you one last story okay okay so alex talking about standing there in a room creepy kids and you know who alex is you follow alex on tiktok right um no i've seen i've seen them on tiktok before though okay alex has been doing this live thing whatever she's been doing so She'll just have her thing on and just be going about her day. And sometimes she'll be like, hey, do you want to say hi to my live? So I'll say hi to live or whatever. Um, she is the scariest child 
that I've ever encountered. Like, we're talking children in the corn scary. Because she used to, in the middle of the night, just wake up. Now, mind you, she's like a little small thing. And she's still sleeping in a crib. And she would climb out of her crib very quietly, which messes me up. Mm -hmm. Because I wake up at, at anything. So she would climb out and drop down on her animals and come into the bedroom and just stand there next to me. And stare at you? Just stare at me. And, and she would be like level with me too. because she was little, right? Uh -huh. So I'd be laying there and I would open you my feel eyes. something. Yes. I would feel her and I'd open my eyes and she would just be sitting there with her head mm -hmm. tilted a little bit. I know. It was so awful. And she'd be all... I'm tired. Okay. Well, yeah. For it's that. like two o'clock in the morning. How about you go to bed? Or she would she would always have something super random and it was just so creepy. I think I remember you doing that. A few times yeah, too. so as soon as you said that, that's where my head flashed was right back to that memory. You traumatized me. You re engaged trauma. <laughs> but that's okay because Alex doesn't do that anymore. Thank goodness. You know, she's hardly ever home anymore. I know. She's got a life of her own, right? What about you, Tobias? Are you are you at home primarily? Yeah, mostly. Why? COVID? Yeah, mainly just my comfort zone right now. We're going to get you out of that this yeah. summer. You know that? Yeah, we're also planning on traveling a lot, too. So what are you going to do? Um, well, ever since I'm going to get my other vaccine, we're probably going to go camping and stuff, you know? Oh, we like to go camping, too. Camping. Okay, camp. but that doesn't mean that you're allowed to not contact me. Oh, I'm definitely going to contact you. <laughs> I'll come after you. I got mm -hmm. your number. I got mm -hmm. your details. I mean, you could easily track me. Yeah, there you go. So one uh, final remark for people who need a little extra help for life coaching. Life coaching is not what? It's not therapy. Definitely not therapy. Is it easier or harder than therapy? It's work. It's work. Therapy, I think. You just kind of don't sit get there enough and listen to them. tools. You yeah. get homework with Brandon, and you have to think about stuff. And yeah. You have to really work through it. It really helps you since you have to like do your own work too. I mean, like you're improving yourself and. So. And y'all have so much good insight that even y'all are coaching people your friends and stuff and that's what I want people to know is that once you learn it you don't unlearn it right you cannot um, you can choose to make a poor decision but you can't unlearn mm -hmm. that it's a poor decision mm -hmm. so you're gonna feel it as soon as you do something mm -hmm. stupid mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. you do don't you as soon yeah. as you lose your cool mm -hmm. you're like oh, oh Brandon did yep. say this <laughs> yeah that's what y'all need to say is what would Guru Brando say to me right now well, right. you're helping give us gauges. You yeah. know, I think maybe I never got the gauges correct. A lot know? of us didn't. I didn't either. I mean, I had to get a crash course too, you know, and that's what was so hard, getting a crash course at 34 versus 16. You know, oh, right. I know. I'm like, I'm so... It's, you're I'm so, so lucky. Happy. Yeah, I know you're so lucky. You sorry. really, really are. But, oh, sorry. No, so no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm oh just kidding. Gosh. It's not a big deal. I was just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I know it's not a big deal, but to some people it is. I appreciate y'all being on here, and you're going to yeah. be on more. I'm going to have you on again. Yay! So yeah. you might be a regular with Joe and I. That sounds fun. I'll have fun. Joe come on. And, uh, that sounds very fun. I totally yeah, enjoy that. You know, I miss Joe. Yeah. It's weird. This podcast is weird without Joe. Mm -hmm. he's, he's, Hi, Joe. 
I know he's he's my people, but he'll be back. And it was only an April Fool's joke. So do y'all prank people or not? No, I'm not typically Rarely. a pranker. Not really. No fun. Word pranks. No if fun. the opportunity's there. Well, Joe screwed me up, but lesson learned. I won't be pranking anymore. Mm -hmm. Thank y'all for being on. Yeah, now, each of y'all have to tell everybody thank you. Yeah, and um, you need to get just like the most, an amazing thumbnail of me. It just has to be the best. Okay, like... strike a pose so I can get it. That's going to be the thumbnail. There it is. That's a sub now. Okay. So see, now we'll just Perfect. do the, we'll we'll do all that and and people that are just listening and not watching are going, "Now I have to watch that." <laughs> okay, guys, we'll be talking I guess in the next couple of weeks then and hopefully sharing some more progress with people. Yeah. So everybody, thank you. Peace out. Thank you. Okay, so when we were in Chicago, Alex's big deal was she wanted to go to, I don't even remember what it's called, something to get this boba tea crap, right? Mm -hmm. So none of the little kids have had it, and my friends um, hadn't had it either, the ones that we went with. Mm -hmm. And so new experience all around. Well, um, one of those people that we were with, he's an older guy like me, <laughs> and uh, it was no dice for him. He was totally grossed out by it, and I didn't really believe him because he was like, you know, it's sort of like, no flavored gummy bears mm -hmm. and sort of gross, you mm -hmm. know. And so he wasn't doing. I was like, no, it'll be fine. So I got the same crap with all that tapioca stuff or mm -hmm. whatever the hell. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I thought I was gonna die. Really? The first couple, it was okay, but ours was like half full Sugar. of it. And yeah, and it was just like, oh. Oh, you had that too yeah, much we boba. Had, yeah, we had boba, but it was too sweet too. So mm -hmm. all, yeah. all of it was too sweet. And yeah. then you had these chewy, weird, gelatinous things. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm -hmm. I did not approve. Uh, are you a texture person? Uh, 100%. I'm sure you are, yeah. Yeah, it's awful. Awful. I'm very orally fixated. <laughs> That's why I still <laughs> We're here at Walmart. Let's go see if we can find anything. Jackpot! We found jackpot! Yay! <laughs> the hunt is on. We can talk about the stuff that we have in the gift shop too. Like what? Um, What's your favorite thing that we have in the gift shop? We have bandanas and we have soaps and we have candles. Sodas. Sodas and snacks. We have all kinds of stuff, huh? Because you know what? They all go into a basket, a gift basket. Yeah, and also you can order stuff. Um, it's without going here, right? Yeah, you can order stuff online at www.sgpathways.com. And see, you don't w even go to the you don't even go to the website either. Because you we even looked. because we have a gift shop like right next to the living room. Yeah, so the gift shop's right there, right so next to the living room. So I don't have to order anything. No, you just go in and take it. Don't you? Because you're a little thief. I'm not a thief. I. I don't really get my things. That's right. You always ask me how much it is, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're like kind of like choice. we're kind of like on Little House on the Prairie. The Olsons, they have the mercantile and they live upstairs. And so when it's time to work, they just go downstairs. So you're gonna work for me this summer, did you know that? This you're, summer? Yeah, you're gonna sell plants for me. Did you know that? 
No. Nobody told me. Well, I just told you. Surprise! You get to work for me this summer. Like the whole summer? Maybe. We'll see. Anywho's, I love you. I love you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. This is a good pillow.